Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We are located in Collinsville, Virginia. We are glad you joined us today. If you head over to our webpage, you can find more ways to serve, more sermons like this, as well as opportunities to support this ministry through giving. We pray God's blessing on the hearing and the doing of God's Word. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning, I chose from 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9, and the title of this section is A Living Hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to, re ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. Loving God, revealed to us in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this church family that you have called us to, and we celebrate with joy today the gift of your love in the birth of your son and the hope of our salvation. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. I would, I would assume most of you know me. If there's a few that don't, my name is David Gaylor. Uh, 
my family showed up at this church in 1976. So I've been gone, went, was gone a little while through college, but we've been here a long time. And now, at this season of life, I am in seminary preparing to be a United Methodist pastor, which I believe would be easier to preach in any other church in America than this one. Because <laughs> feelings run deep here. Uh, Cameron asked me to fill in this morning, most of you know, uh, he was away earlier this week to be with his grandmother in her passing. He will be leading our Christmas Eve service tonight at 7, so I invite you all to come to, uh, to be here for that. And also just to keep Cam and Sam and their family in our prayers. I have to admit, as I look around, if I would have known that most of my and Laura's high school, Sunday school class that we taught a long time ago would be here. I would have broke out some nuggets and I would have talked about the door this morning, but I didn't know, so I didn't. So you'll have to bear with me in a, in a new style now. Uh, when Cam asked me to speak this morning to wrap up our sermon series, which is called The Redemption of Scrooge, I was excited because I figured if there were visitors, even if you haven't been with us the whole time, you probably know the story of a Christmas carol and its infamous character, Ebenezer Scrooge. Today, we've come to the point in the story where Ebenezer is visited by the third spirit, the ghost of Christmas yet to come. If you remember, the ghost of Christmas yet to come is dark and dismal and silent, only pointing Scrooge along the way, but never speaking. I have always pictured this ghost like the Grim Reaper, not very pleasant, just pointing. Now, I have to admit, to prepare for this, I have watched a Muppet Christmas Carol. I have watched Mickey and Donald. I have watched George C. Scott. I think I even watched some of Bill Murray's Scrooge this week. And all the stories offer the same things, which I hope that we can get to and understand today. You see, Scrooge must journey with this ghost of Christmas yet to come into the darkness not so that he might be scared into changing his life, but so that he can see the emptiness of where his love of money will lead. It may sound odd, but we must see the darkness of the tomb to know that there is nothing there. We must experience the dead silence as an invitation to consider our own past. In his travels with the ghost of Christmas yet to come, Scrooge comes face to face with his mortality. His time with this ghost brings the entire experience together until Scrooge offers a question to the ghost. He says, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of things that will be or are they the shadow of things that may be? 
It seems that Scrooge's moment of truth has arrived and possibly a glimmer of hope. Maybe the end of his story is not already written. Maybe he could change. As we come together and share this morning, it is very clear to me that all of us have those places in our hearts and souls that are hurting and struggling this morning in this Advent season. Many of us have trouble during Christmas time remembering. Perhaps places we have been greedy, places of disappointment, anger, anxiety, unforgiveness, addiction, overwhelming grief, thoughts of unworthiness or guilt, the feeling of being worn down, worn out, or just finding it hard to even care. Asking those questions that I know burn in all of us. Why, God? Or how long, God? I share your pain this morning, and I ask you to share mine. And I want to share something with you that has been on my heart this Advent season, but has also brought me to a new understanding. I have always questioned, why a stable? Why a manger? Has anybody ever thought that before? I believe now that the answer for us this morning is that no matter how dark and cold and smelly and dirty that we feel on the inside, that that is the very place that Jesus was born into. A dark, cold, stinky stable. That's the reason that he came. And what that means for us is hope. Amen. If Jesus was willing to come and be born into the mess of this world, he wants to be born again into the hearts of his people. He wants to be born into the stable of your heart and my heart. Once again, as we see throughout scripture, Jesus took something plain and ordinary and created something sacred. And he wants to do the same with our lives. An empty stable became the birthplace of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and a place of worship and adoration. The hope in this story is not that we are here to celebrate what happened one day, Jesus' birthday. But rather, we are here to celebrate the birth of Christ today in a brand new way in our hearts. 
You see, Christ has been reborn in the hearts of his people for over 2,000 years. Will you offer him the heart? Will you offer him the stable of your heart this morning? There is no greater story of love and hope. Jesus chose to be born into all those dark places that we feel because he loves us. And he wants to live with hope and joy in our hearts that we may share the good news with others. As our story of Scrooge continues, it's the next morning. And early in the morning, Scrooge wakes up from the strangest dream he's ever had. He opens the window and discovers that it is Christmas morning and he has been given a chance to change his ways. He did nothing to earn it. Rather, it was a gift. You see, even though theological words, and I'm learning all kinds of theological words now, are rather absent from Dickens' story, redemption is a word that both Scrooge and we as churchgoers understand. A gift of a new day, of a new spirit, of abundant joy, something that can't be earned, only received. So here's this old miser, and he shouts to himself, I am as light as a feather, I am as happy as an angel, I am as merry as a schoolboy, I am as giddy as a drunken man, a Merry Christmas to everyone, a Happy New Year to all the world, hallow here, whoop, hallow. I'm not sure what that means exactly at the end, but it sounds happy, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds joyful. So this grumpy old miser has found joy, and he goes about spreading that joy as much as he can with enthusiasm. And in doing so, he finds it feels good. For me, I believe Christmas is all about those two words, hope and joy. When we receive the hope and love of the Lord into our hearts, we can live joyfully and proclaim the good news to the world. Like Scrooge, we all have fear about the unknowns in our futures, but we can rest in the fact that God holds the future in God's hands and that God is committed to us. The birth of Jesus proves God's love and pursuit of us. And so we can accept God's invitation and live confidently in the face of the unknown. This study offers that the entire point of a Christmas carol lies in three small words. Keep Christmas well. And perhaps that simply means accepting and embracing Jesus' invitation for redemption. Christmas is an invitation into relationship with God through Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ is born so that God might have ears to hear our wants, eyes to see our needs, hands to outstretch on the cross in order to clothe us in his resurrection and lips to speak the story of the good news 
that we might share with the world. When Christ's invitation is accepted, we discover that we too have been redeemed. We have neither earned it, nor do we deserve it. It is a gift from God calling us to respond in the world with love. As many of you know, this past Wednesday was Laura and I's 30th wedding anniversary. God bless her. I'll just say God bless her. Uh, Tuesday well <laughs> as I said God bless her <laughs> I'm glad I showed up on Tuesday then exactly wow so anyway last Tuesday actually we might have celebrated a day early and came to Diane's on no but anyway last Tuesday so we decided we were going to go to Roanoke, we had made plans, and we had a nice dinner, and then we went to uh, the Berglund Center, and they had what was called the Getty's Irish Christmas, and it was a wonderful concert, uh, Irish instruments and dancing, and, and we had a great time, but one thing puzzled me, they must have had us stand up and sing with them like five times while they were singing, and I'm thinking, this guy sitting next to me obviously did not pay $45 to hear me sing. So I was a little confused about how that all worked. But I did enjoy it, especially standing next to Laura. Um, but towards the end, they sang a song. And at the beginning, I was like, well, this is kind of odd because this isn't a Christmas song, I don't feel like. And they started to sing In Christ Alone. And they got to the fourth verse, and it goes like this. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. My prayer for us all this morning is that we find hope in the birth of a baby in a dark, cold, smelly, and dirty stable. A baby that was born into the very mess that we are to redeem us. I pray that we find joy in that relationship with him. And that joy causes us to get even busier, enthusiastically sharing his love with others. May we embrace that he lives in us, that he is guiding us, that nothing can separate us from his love. And we can stand firm knowing that we are his till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. I pray that Christ may be born anew in each of our hearts today. 
And in the words of Tiny Tim, God bless us, everyone. Amen. At this time, I'd like to ask you to stand and join with me in the affirmation of faith. 